0: Let's try that again. <laughs> good afternoon. My name's Val. My name's Eddie. And you're listening to LPs in a pod. Today's an album review. What are we going to be reviewing today?
1: Uh, we are being, going to be reviewing St. Vincent's sixth studio album, Daddy's Home. Came out this year, 2021.
0: Really, really good album. Uh, and very 70s sounding as well is what I got from this. What, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, I've always wanted to try and get into St. Vincent. Uh, I remember I first discovered uh, when I used to flip through records uh, in record shops, flipping through the bins, and I'd always get to the album, what was it called? Uh, Axa, and it's just a picture of her face, and I think that was my introduction to her, but I like songs, but there's never been an album that I've been really pulled into, and I thought I really like this, and I think this is a great starting off point, because I, I, lo- I love this album. And I think it's yeah, the whole concept and the '70s vibe is strong, and it, it's uh, yeah, it's great. I love it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, the, the the first time I heard of well, Annie Clark or, or Saint Vincent was um, it was with her self-titled album Saint Vincent. It was a little bit sort of art pop, electronica, uh, and it's I, th- I think it's sort of, the, if I'm not mistaken, like her first sort of big album over here in the UK. Um, like with songs like digital witness i remember she was getting a load of radio play and a lot of um a lot of time on the bbc and whatnot and i remember that that album um i, I really enjoyed it for a variety of reasons um but i've not really checked in on St vincent until you recommended this album um yeah the, the her and... album
1: strange mercy is quite good uh, i know there's songs like cruel northern lights on that that are really good and i know that she did quite well with that one.
0: But. Yeah. Um, I, I do like how it, it appears to me with Annie Clark, you know, she's one of those artists who's constantly evolving. She's she's very inno- innovative. Um, it's like no two albums sound the same. Uh, it's like she's constantly sort of re- reviewing and renewing the sound that she wants to go for. And um, obviously watching interviews with her, from watching interviews with her, it's it, I kind of get the feeling that She's incredibly good at articulating her method and her thought process every time she talks you through the music that she's making. Uh, and I think that's particularly been, been the case in watching interviews for for um, for Daddy's Home as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know where she came with the name St. Vincent, by the way? I don't. Go on. It's a, a reference to a, a Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds song. Uh, and uh, the line is... And Dylan Thomas died drunk in St. Vincent's Hospital. And that's basically where she got the, she was inspired to take that name from. And I love, I love Nick Cave. I'm a, a super casual fan of him and I need to listen to him more often. He's very, very moody. I have to be in a particular mood to listen to him. <laughs> but he's great that's cool are we um are we doing a
0: a companion playlist for this episode as well because if that's the case we should throw something in there yeah yeah I, I,
1: I definitely should have put some nick cave in it i might i might get back to that
0: have a little look and stick that one in with the saint vincent referencing so people can can hear it at home um but yeah daddy's home as you mentioned is released in may 2021 it is the sixth studio album by annie clark saint Vincent. um the title track, I think, is a good place to start, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, so, as I understand, um, her dad was jailed for 12 years uh, for what she said is, is some uh, some Wall Street shit. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a yeah. uh, $43, $43 million stock manipulation scheme.
1: Yeah, some pretty, uh, Um
0: hacks. And, yeah, some Wall Street shit. Some big shit, fraud. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah um but um i like how that's represented in this particular track it talks about how it basically put, paints the scene of uh um going in uh for a visitation uh in prison and she talks about you know signing autographs in the in the waiting room and 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 you know visit but the whole process of like visiting her dad in prison essentially um and it, it sounds wicked it's a great title track
1: yeah it just there's a there's a kind of tongue-in-cheek attitude to the, the dealing with the absurdity of having your dad in prison and also gaining celebrity at the same time and that kind of like those worlds kind of clashing against each other
0: yeah when she mentions uh, like um like walking in wearing italian shoes or something to that effect and and, and if you think about the setting of it like being in a a, a prison it's, it's that whole weird you know, juxtaposition. I don't know if that's the right word, um, but yeah, it's it's certainly a great title track. I think um, what I've really enjoyed about this album as well is the opener, "Pay Pay Your Way in Pain." That is such a strong opener. I really love that. Yeah, track. it's
1: hard not to hear that track and not think of Bowie or Pr- Prince, especially. Um.
0: Yeah, it's it's it's. It's kind of there's a little absurdity to it as well, because, um, I mean, she's talking about, you know, she's portraying this character who's who's living in poverty uh, and how it it shows the sort of loss of dignity that you have when you're in that position. She talks about um, uh, being hungry, but not having any money when she goes to the shop and then she goes to the bank and they tell her they can't find a record. There's no money there. She goes to the park to, you know, just watch the children play, but the mums are telling her to to get lost because she looks she looks like she's in poverty essentially.
1: Yeah. Definitely feels like a 2020 album. It's a... I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting 20, 20 yeah. vibes from it. Just yeah. everything's going everything's going wrong at once.
0: Oh mate. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> um it's um but yeah, it's it's that sort of like it's it's that sort of that position that society puts you in when you're in poverty and, and the way that people perceive you when you're in that position and it's like it's 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 almost like nothing's going right like you kind of need to catch a break soon because everything's going wrong um,
1: it does set it does set the vibe of the album off really well
0: yeah for sure I think if you've ever been in that position uh, in a position of poverty it's something that you can really relate to yeah um, and Jesus Christ, can that woman wail! Oh yeah, as well.
1: I, I love all the effects on her vocals. They almost make her sound like a screeching guitar, and I think it's really clever. Yeah, but the whole scream does sound like a like a solo. There's something that Prince would be like wailing out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I even got like a, like Talking Heads th- vibes from it, especially David Byrne, who actually has worked. With um, Saint Vincent, with uh, Annie,
0: didn't they uh, do an album together? They
1: did, yeah. Uh, love Love This Giant. It's like a, it's a really good. Have you it, heard it? Yeah, it's really good. You can definitely tell that they I both admire each other really a lot. And uh, yeah, if you wait if David Byrne wants to work with you, you know you're you're uh, interesting. But, that um,
0: must be you know like having the opportunity to work with someone you really admire it must be so rewarding if it goes right but so nerve-wracking you know what i mean
1: <laughs> yeah if it's if there's a potential for it to go wrong because you don't want to be potentially blacklisted by an icon <laughs>
0: <laughs> it'd be the equivalent of me like like having drum lessons with neil peart and then turning up And uh, you say one wrong thing and it's like, fuck, Neil Peart hates you
1: now. Yeah. (laughs) And you don't learn anything because you've got that looming guilt.
0: Oh, man. Seriously. Uh, uh, Let's talk about the overall sound of this album. Um, One of the interviews you pointed me in the direction for, uh, two rather, um, was interesting to me. She talks about how with this album as i mentioned like it's it's almost like every single album she makes it is it's it's different you know then no two albums are the same um but she was talking about um how she wanted to make an album where she's just capturing good performances uh like just good players playing good music um the the groove is fantastic the production is is very layered um and it, it it sounds like To me, if I'd never heard of St. Vincent before and you gave me this album and told me that it was an artist that recorded this in the early 70s, I would not have realized. Um, It's that sort of early 70s, East Coast, New York sort of thing. There's a lot of soul, some funk, some blues, some some psychedelia thrown in there as well. Uh, Like with the sitars that that feature on a few tracks, I thought was was a, a really interesting addition.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some of the synth work reminds me of like bands from the seventies, like Little Feet, and things like that. Um, mm. Even like like uh, George Harrison on his like seventies endeavor once he left the Beatles. There's loads of like uh, there's so much, so many influences from that time period of the the uh, the escapism of the seventies. I think uh, is really cleverly used, and I suppose. There's like a double-edged sword in trying to escape in these kind of in the dream of um, stardom that the seventies kind of does indulge itself in. So it's kind of like it's very ironic Mm. that she picks this time period because there's lots of indulgence in music at that time.
0: Mm. Yeah, and um, there's the the one track as well that um, that stood out to me. Was uh, living the dream because it has that whole sort of dreamy, slightly psychedelic feel. But it turns into, and I know a few people have, have said much of the same. But uh, you know, it's, as the track progresses, it feels very much Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. You know, it's you know it really starts to crescendo, and you you, you know with the with like the guitar solo and whatnot. Um, that was uh, that was a, an interesting sort of standout.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, me, she's I really think. good at the building sounds and sonic you know, like uh landscapes i definitely think that's a uh, the dreamscape of it and the the uh the idea of like um there's like flying imagery in it that's really cool mm.
0: yeah it, 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 yeah it, it definitely evokes that 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 that, that pink flow vibe um yeah i guess you, you you have tracks like that but you also you do have the more sort of groovier and more edgy pieces like down as well as another one um that stood out for me as a track it's got those sort of funky psychedelic guitars um and it the sort of themes through the lyrics are, are about like sort of like fighting back against like domestic abuse and the one of the lyrics that stood out for me was um it was uh, go get your own shit get off my tit go face your demons check into treatment go flee the country go blame your daddy um, and it's she, it's, 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 it's there's there's a certain level of vitriol in that when she's singing it, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, there's a bit of a revenge fantasy going on with the uh, with the lyrics. I, don't, I had Stevie Wonder vibes from that song, um, but I think that may be with the piano, yeah, and the bass work as well. Very kind of Commodore's in a way. I-
0: yeah i know she i know she cites um it's uh, talking book stevie wonder she cites that as a as a big influence on this album um and and same actually with um yeah i notice a lot of the re- the influences are you know very much of that era of like um she she talks about um listening to fragile by well, yes um and how much of an impact that uh, chris squire's bass and that his sound um has on this album when she was writing it as well.
1: Yeah, Chris, Chris Quire was such a unique guy.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Amazing bass player. Um, what sort of tracks sent out for you, though?
1: I'd um, be interested
0: to figure, find out.
1: I really liked um, Living the Dream. Um, that was a... Mm. Uh, it, it, it reminded me of uh, one of my favourite bands, Azure, More on... The vocal delivery and in terms of the piano, there seems to be like I don't know what you call it. Do you know when you play from a higher octave and it goes down, and it almost feels like a falling kind of sound? Do you know when you you start up high and you, you trickle down the octave?
0: I don't. Know. Are you talking about a certain musical musical?
1: Yeah, term? in terms of of a, of a piano. I know it's just I, I can't I can't explain it because I don't play, but this kind of idea of like falling rain in terms of music i love that sound and it's played in the background for that song you're not
0: talking about arpeggiating are you like oh arpeggio? am i talking about that <laughs> yeah i don't, well, I don't know i'm asking you
1: <laughs> it's, it's something about the piano work on that one that's really good and it does feel like you're like falling asleep kind of thing there's a very kind of like odd slumber kind of um dreamscape to it mm. i really like that one
0: hmm um i think um, melt the melting of the sun is one to mention as well uh it's so soulful um and i think it's one of those i mean a, a number of tracks on this album have it but um I, I do love the choice of of backing vocals and the sort of style of backing vocals um throughout this whole album um really really complements um the sound that she's aiming for um and, and also, like, you know, for, for, as a drummer, like, just listening to the drums on this album is just, oh, it's so, so, whoa, just lovely. I love the sound of these and some of the rhythms that that the drummer's playing, certain syncopated grooves and whatnot. It's just, it, it's, 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 it's it, how do I describe it? It's 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 like there's always something going on with those drums that is just so interesting to me, and that they're, they're incredibly well recorded, incredibly well produced, and and it's the sound is very indicative of that era that she's trying that that she's emulating. Yeah, they they do well.
1: they do blend really well with the music as well. You don't they don't they don't sound over intrusive at all. I think they they all kind of work really smoothly together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's... Um, I mean, I know you mentioned Stevie Wonder already, but, you know, he, the drums wouldn't sound out of place on, a on a, a, like, a, a Stevie album, I guess. Um, I tell you what, shall we uh, take a quick break before we continue yeah, sure. on? Cool, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back after this message. You're listening to the LPs in a podcast. If you like what you hear so far... Please consider liking and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at LPs in a podcast. And now, back to the show.
1: Well, Val, I do not think you just I just realised something. And that's uh, the very What's strange that? irony that we're recording an album called Daddy's Home on Father's Day. I thought it's, a, it's an interesting fact. Oh, crap, that. it's Father's Day. It is, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a weird weird twist of fate right there
1: i'm curious to know how uh annie's celebrating it but
0: hopefully... um I, I was gonna say something really harsh then but i think that'd be really unfair <laughs> no um i don't know where that uh, was going let, let's just move past that swiftly shall we
1: <laughs> yeah i might I, I might talk more about you want to oh yeah more talk more about the living the dream So, because I've, I've just found some more notes okay yeah go ahead what I, I love the psychedelic nature of it, and also I do like the whole idea of her exploring fame and how it can change you, and uh, the idea that you lose contact with people. Uh, uh, she she talks about it in the the idea of it being um, delusions can be comforting, but in the end they can be dangerous and you can lose yourself to them. So I imagine this song is kind of almost like a siren, like a wake-up call to that. And I find that really interesting, because it's almost like the common listener doesn't really quite understand these kind of notions, and it's nice to be able to have them made sense of. And also, I imagine that's something that a lot of musicians go through, and it's nice to hear people that are honest about that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, no, I know what you mean, and I think um, I think if it's one thing that I do enjoy about Saint Vincent is the way that she writes songs and the way that she gets her message across. It really, it's done in such a way where it does help you to understand that point of view. Like you talk about um, uh, with um, with living the dream, how you know not getting too sucked into fame and things like that. I mean, you you've put it more eloquently than I ever would, but I get, I get exactly what you're talking about because of the way she's written it, and the way that she's put that message across. I think you, she she's great. At that. I mean, I I know I've mentioned it already, but pay your way in pain. Um, I I know I I know exactly what is going on with that character in that song because of the way that she illustrates that that idea of an individual in poverty and losing their dignity. Uh, because of the way that society treats people in that position, so um, I, th- I think I think that is something I, I, I love about the way she writes.
1: Yeah, there's like songs like uh, "Down and Out Downtown." I thought that's the right title. Yes, yes, uh, I believe that song is about someone who's trying to get home after a night out, and is with lines like she's still wearing a uh, night heels and just like an an experience of um, that. Embarrassing, embarrassing nature of travelling home in the morning and trying to seem normal whilst everyone's looking at you and knowing exactly what's happened to you. I don't know, it's, it's, it seems like a, um, a snippet of someone's life captured in a song really nicely. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I can. Uh, I, I was just looking at the lyrics when, while you were talking about it, and yeah, I can see what you mean. It is, you know, getting the morning train back home, from downtown, which is a long way off. And um, almost like, um, this is a slight element of like, um, slight reminiscent, like reminiscence in there. Yeah,
1: I I think it's her favorite song. um,
0: I was flying. All right. Yeah, it's like when she's talking about, I was flying over the Empire State when you kissed me and I crashed again. Also that- Um, that It always feels like there's a slight reminiscence there.
1: Yeah, that that song also reminds me of- um... That one in particular makes me think of Planet Caravan from Black Sabbath uh, because it's just the, of the bass line in particular. Why so? It just reminds me of um, uh, Butler, the way he plays, and it, the the playful nature of it. Plus, also there's a kind of like a dark tone to it as well. I don't know. There's something uh, that yeah, yeah, and also because Ozzy Osbourne's vocals are heavily. um there's a lot of heavy effects on his vocals, so similar to what she's been doing throughout this album. So, um, I know it's something
0: about it. I um I didn't consider that, but yeah, play. Yeah, I, I get what you mean about Planet Caravan, actually. Um, and it's it's actually yeah with the drums as well, because um, it, it's it's played very softly, very muted. It's got this nice little sort of thing, but it's not like he's not like whacking the drum. It's just that nice sort of soft uh, tone um that you hear in planet caravan it's as well. a very different song uh, but i get song, what you mean but... with the bass and whatnot
1: yeah yeah i love that i love that
0: But I, I get the comparison um i mean I, I i correct me if i'm wrong i think we both love bo- both love this album yeah uh, I, it's a great album i definitely it's, it, it's uh it... S- sorry go on after you
1: no i so i definitely would love to own this on vinyl it definitely seems like one that i would love to revisit a lot more than after this uh, review.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think if it, the, the there's only really one criticism that I have um, okay. with this. Um, I mean, firstly, it was a bit of a slow grower for me. Um, I think I gave it maybe three or four listens before I really started to appreciate uh, the album itself. Um, but the other thing is. In today's terms, I mean, this is a 14-track album. It's a little bit of a lengthier one. Um, and I don't know. It's it's potentially because I've been listening to a lot of albums that are more, you know, maybe 9, 10 tracks. But after, after a while, once I get to, like, the second humming into the I think after that I do start to tune out a little bit at times. So I have to push myself to focus on it. So I think if there was only one criticism I would have is... It is a little bit of a lengthy one.
1: What did you think but of Again the, uh... that
0: might be because of of that might be because I, I have been list- I, I, maybe I'm getting used to shorter albums, you know, but uh, artists are making shorter and shorter albums these days. So it might be that it's just been a while since I've heard an album that's li- this long. But uh, that would that was that was the only criticism I did. I just found myself tuning out a little bit towards the end, but that's yeah, it's probably Yeah, I
1: can my... understand that. It's about 43 minutes so what do you think of the interludes because I'm they seem to only start halfway through the album and I kind of think that's a really interesting way of how they get introduced. I understand the whole idea is it's about paying homage to her mum singing in the kitchen and it's all to do of because the whole album's about nostalgia and growing up with the 70s music aesthetic from her parents um maybe it's all about memories. And also memories in terms of how music is a has a uh, definitely a kind of anchor with music in terms of memories and stuff like that. But I I find them yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, they they're interesting. Admittedly, I've, I've probably skipped over them a little bit more than I should have done. Um, I didn't look too much into them, uh, uh, you know, not as much as I should have done. But it's interesting what you say about music and memory. Um, in fact, just on a completely on a side note, um, I remember reading a, uh, an article in the in the BBC recently about um, it's a guy who um, I think he was uh, in his early 20s or his late teens. He um, was it was in a, a road accident. And they had to operate uh, on his brain because he had a blood clot. And what happened is is that he lost all of his memories, um, and he, he had like developed like face blindness. Like he, he it's very difficult for him to recognize faces that aren't overly familiar. Um, but the interesting thing, I don't know if this is very recent, but um, he it was a talking head song. I can't remember which one it was, but he was he was trying to make a playlist of songs from from like 10 years ago or so. Um, and he put, there was a certain Talking Heads song and he listened to it and suddenly, he suddenly had this memory of putting up the Christmas tree with his mum when he was a kid. Um, so when you talk about how music and memory kind of have that sort of, almost like symbiosis, um, it just reminded me all of a sudden of that article. I literally read it two days ago. But I now that you know you're talking about you know these humming tracks being about like her mum humming in the kitchen when she's younger. I suppose you do have that thing of if you hear a particular melody or a particular song, you do you do start to think back to when you heard that song. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's fascinating. That's incredibly fascinating. I'd, I'd I'd love to know more about you know almost like the science behind that.
1: Yeah, I think she also talks about as being like an ode to. These little songs that were, were never recorded are just kind of just lost because they were just, they're just a, just a, a, a woman humming them in a the kitchen. So I think as a musician, I think she was like wishing that they, they, they had to wishing back to those compositions and stuff like that. I know it's quite, there's huge amounts of sentimental kind of um, wealth in that kind of stuff. And it's very it's appropriate for the whole theme of yeah. the album. But I, I kind of think it was a bit could have delved into it a bit more. Um and it, cause it kind of always feels like a bit of an afterthought. Mm. I lo- I love interludes. Like some of my favorite interludes. Uh I was trying to think of some really good ones. Uh there's uh my favorite one I think is uh from the Avalanches album i've been listening to that quite recently because it's had its 20th anniversary but it's a song called little journey and mm. it's a one minute 30 song and it's just like a almost feels like a holiday in the caribbean just crammed into this little segment of interlude and i love it and i think um <laughs> interludes are kind of underrated <laughs> in a way
0: i agree i agree um It's, I'm I'm trying, you know, I'm racking my brains for albums that I know have interludes, but the only one I can think of is Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by My Chemical Romance. Oh, yeah. Because they have a track on that called Interlude, and it's just this almost like Spanish guitar piece with this like haunting vocal over it, and it's about like like a minute and a half. But I I get what you mean, but they are a little underrated because it, it's almost like especially if you have like two halves to the album where you've set set a certain tone on one half and another tone in another it's the, it is an interlude so it does what it is it's an interlude uh, and then you you move on to that second half or letting big uh, songs yeah i
1: agree yeah they're definitely fucking overrated or letting big songs breathe sometimes there's nice to have a a gap between them because sometimes jumping to another song can be a bit jarring depending on how they want the mm. album to Fear that i was thinking of that song from venus doom what was that acoustic song does that count as an interlude because it's quite short um what was that song? so called?
0: venus doom by him mm-hmm. um it was called song or suicide would you count that as an interlude and it's it you know what it works as an interlude um it it's not an interlude in the strictest sense of the word inter. Well, what I'm trying to say is, it's not in the it's not in the middle of the album. It's no, like no, quite. um It's not. It's like the second to last track or something like that. But it does kind of almost serve as an interlude in in terms of how it feels. It's just it suddenly takes this little acoustic guitar break, and then you go into bleed well, which is a big pop yeah. track basically. Um, that came to mind. i actually, on that note, when yeah, when you when you say um. When, when, like letting a song breathe and having an interlude in a song. I think Arriving Somewhere But Not Here by Porcupine Tree does that very, very well. Um, you kind of have that little bit where the drums drop out and you have the... And then the uh, you start to get the heavy guitars coming before that really heavy bit with the... So yeah, I think... That almost serves in, as a, like a, a slight interlude within the song doesn't it really
1: yeah yeah i suppose so um. um
0: i think it's a good time to to kind of give our final thoughts and our ratings um so um as some of you will have heard on our last episode we've introduced our new rating which is there are 10 peas in a pod and we're going to give it a rating out of 10 ed how many uh how many peas in a pod for this album do you think
1: I I really like this album and I can imagine myself revisiting it because I love the whole seventies vibe. Um, and also cause I've always wanted to like St. Vincent. And I think this is maybe now liking this album. I may actually revisit her back catalog with a, a new sense of her as a musician. I'd definitely say a strong seven. I, 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 I think I'd be comfortable putting it there because it's great. I definitely want to look out and get the, uh, There's a nice indie, clean variant of it on vinyl that um, I might get if I can afford it.
0: (laughs) For sure. Cool. I uh, would say... You see, when I went... Up until maybe a week or two ago, I would have probably given it maybe a six and a half. But I'm going to give this an eight out of ten peas in a pod. Um, I love the production. I love the sound. The, it, it 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 so captures that 70s vibe the you know the soul the psychedelia uh, the funk um it's the, the 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 lyrical themes some of them I can relate to if I can't necessarily re- relate to them I certainly understand where she's coming from she definitely portrays that message well um I really really enjoyed this um it's certainly for me, been very good to revisit St. Vincent at this stage. Uh, I think I will probably go back and check out like Mass Seduction and Mass Education. I haven't actually checked those out yet. Um, I did through this end up re-listening to her self-titled album St. Vincent as well. And I've got m- very much back into that.
1: Um, I might go amazing artist.
0: Um, I've really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. I might listen to Actor because uh, that's one I've I've always known about. Um, but yeah, I definitely in terms of it being a 70s concept it definitely hasn't been half fast and she definitely has the chops and the definitely the music knowledge of the the influencers and stuff it definitely feels like you know she hasn't just dipped her toe she's fully dived into the the whole waters of her music from the early 70s and sonically i, I love the the um what do you call it it's a Lap guitar, or what's it called?
0: Oh, like a lap steel.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lap steel guitar. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that works so well. It's done really sparingly. It's only done when it's needed, and it it makes the whole album sound fantastic.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, th- I think you you've touched upon it. You know, she she's immersed herself in this. She knows she knows her shit, right? She's a she's a brilliant musician, a brilliant songwriter. Um, she is able to articulate what her message not just through the lyrics but through her instrument instrumentation as well um yeah as i said it was a slow grower for me but i'm i'm in love with this album i certainly going to get it on vinyl um in fact i think i think uh given the given the fact that you mentioned you want to you want to start diving into a back catalogue um are we going to do
1: an album review uh, an album challenge do we want to do that um we can try it i I, don't, I already have an album picked for you which was one an album which was an album I was going to reference to, um, because um, it's, well, it's an, in that case,
0: well, if we're going to do an album challenge, if we're going to do an album challenge, how about I challenge you to listen to her self-titled album, Saint Vincent?
1: Right. Oh, yeah. I've honestly i've I've heard a few songs from that album, but I've not heard it in its entirety. So, yeah, I'll, I'll I'm not very aware of it. So, uh I'll give that one a go. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, in that case, I'm gonna chat. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm gonna
0: challenge you to listen to um to her self-titled album, Saint Vincent. What are you challenging me on? Go on. What have uh, you got?
1: I really like this album. It's uh, Jenny Lewis, and it's now an called On the Line. Sorry for the shine. Um, it's another kind of like really like seventies influenced album. There's a song called uh. Red Bull and Hennessy and it sounds so Fleetwood Mac influenced that it could, it, it could easily have been one of those tracks but in a good way it's it's a great album, I saw her live when she supported The National for the same year of this album 2019 and she's amazing like a really mm. good performer and yeah I, I recommend it it's a great album, if you if you like the 70s vibes of St. Vincent you'd, you'd I don't know. You might like it. It's, I, I, the whole, whole her live performing band was phenomenal. And I really like it. So I Comment. recommend that one. Well,
0: I'm, I'll be sure to check it out. Yeah, I'll be sure to check it out. That's cool. Um, for those of you who uh, may be new to the podcast, the album challenges where where um, I challenge Ed to listen to an album. It could be something that I think he'll really like, something I think he'll be really hate, or something that's just plain funny and likewise we'll challenge each other we then do an episode called the album challenge uh, our last one was featuring typhoons by raw blood uh, and tears for fears uh, by um, sorry tears for fears uh, songs from the big chair by tears for fears definitely go and check check that episode out if you like uh, but uh, yeah in the near future we'll uh, we'll record the saint vincent and jenny lewis was it yeah album challenge Cool. Well, um, if you've enjoyed this episode, firstly, tell us what you thought of Daddy's Home by St. Vincent, either on Twitter, uh, by tweeting us at LPs in a podcast. That's L-P-S-I-N-A podcast. Uh, You can also get in touch via Instagram, uh, which is also at LPs in a podcast. Uh, Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, and finally, one small request. Um, if you like the podcast, please consider leaving a review. It really helps us to grow the show and to uh, to get more people involved. Uh, we want to hear more from you guys. We want to put more shows out. Absolutely. Uh, I really enjoyed recording this one. Yeah, didn't? it's
1: good. I've enjoyed taking notes, looking at all up. There's loads of really good interviews with St. Vincent for this album. She's been really open about it. So the whole journey of listening and learning about her as a musician's been fun
0: yeah cool let's sign off cheers guys bye um, awkward bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> nice okay.